life in, on the television screen or on the computer is not reality. The data is not 100% accurate. So we need to help our kids and ourselves as adults to pick up our heads, look away from the screens, see what's going on around us. Hello everyone, my name is Paul Royer, I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I'm here to do a blog today on the management of screens and how to effectively deal with those types of issues both with your children and with your adolescents. This is an extremely broad and complicated issue and it does require a lot of attention from us as parents because as we well know it's very difficult for our children to know how to manage and monitor themselves. I do think it's important to start out talking about brain development. Depending upon the age of your child, it is very important for you to understand that your child's brain is continuing to develop and is very vulnerable to the stimuli that go on around it. The American Academy of Pediatrics has put out a study saying that they're concerned about the amount of screen time that children experience. I won't go in detail, but they were saying that children can spend up to seven hours in front of screens and that this is a highly concerning issue for them because it not only does it influence the way that their brain is interpreting the data that's presented in front of it, whether that data is provocative or whether that data is violent, but it is also very concerned about the lack of mobility that our children are experiencing because they're spending so much time in front of these screens. There's also significant concern because the children are learning how to interface and socialize with their world. If they're spending too much time in front of a screen, then they're lacking the awareness of knowing how to interpret facial features, different types of emotions, and also they're struggling to know how to respond effectively to the significant stressors that can go on in their lives. This really impacts social relationships and coping skill development. So there is significant concern from all different types of agencies about how to help parents teach children how to manage these types of difficult situations. For each of us as parents, what we need to do is evaluate our own understanding of how we utilize and perceive the media, the internet, television, games, etc. Initially, television was meant to be created as an entertainment modality to give people an opportunity to get better information. The same is true with the internet. Initially the concept was this is going to make our lives easier by allowing us to get access to more information at a much easier pace. Of course this has evolved into something that has become problematic because we've shift, shifted to an increased amount of data and information and it is very difficult for us to understand how to utilize that information effectively. As adults, 
we have a responsibility to role model for our children how to utilize the media and the internet. If you tend to find that you spend an amount, a large amount of time in front of televisions and screens, then it is much more likely that your children are going to do the same. So first of all, we have to assess our own utilization of screens and possibly even question is this the way that I need to be doing this? After we look at ourselves, then we've got to spend a little bit of time truly looking at how we evaluate the media. Are we big supporters of it? Do we believe everything that is written and said on the internet? How do we teach our children to effectively interpret the data and come to their own conclusions? This is the skill set that we're looking for helping our children to develop. Just because something's on television or just because something is on the internet does not mean that it is accurate or true. It is a great opportunity for us as parents to take that data and help our children learn how to reason and problem solve around what they're being prevented with. That could be with news outlets, that can be with social media sites, that can be with any type of provocative material that may be on television. I strongly recommend that all of us as parents realize that the internet is not going away. It is our obligation to understand how the information is being presented to our children and use it as a tool use it as a mechanism to open dialogue with our children so that we are able to help them understand it most effectively. All children and adolescents need a high level of structure. It is our job as parents to evaluate how much structure our children need and how much time we have to create and implement that structure. The one thing that we know for sure is, is that at a younger age, children have a difficult time setting limits on themselves, particularly as we're moving into adolescence. It is our job as parents to help our children learn to internalize the structure so that they don't constantly need us to sit there and set the limits for them. Our goal is to help them to be independent and learn how to monitor and manage their own emotions, and their own time. Also of significant note is how our children and our teenagers are never disconnected from their friends. Whether it's on a computer, whether it's on a telephone, or whether it's um, through some other form of media, even video games, the children are utilizing these as social mechanisms to stay connected to their friends. There's an upside to this. It gives children more opportunity to be able to relate to kids their own age and to be able to fulfill their needs for acceptance and attention. Those are the positive aspects. There's also significant difficulty created by this because oftentimes these situations are unmonitored by adults where these, these kids are having to interface with one another 
not only are they not interpreting the facial features and the emotional reactions from their peers, but they're also in an unstructured, unmonitored milieu, which oftentimes makes it so that problems can occur. The kids can do and say things with anonymity, and there is a marked decrease in responsibility that these kids feel when they are stating things online to their peers. This causes significant struggles with bullying. This causes troubles with lack of interpretation of information. And it also can be very damaging to the vulnerable growing egos of our children and adolescents. There's also concern raised by the fact that there is a lack of time in the own child's experience. If our kids are consistently connected in thinking and worrying about what's going on in their social world, they have much less time, A, to spend with their family, and B, more importantly, to be reflective on their own experience. It is important that kids have time to think, to be able to create, to be able to imagine, if they are consistently connected to their friends, they don't get those opportunities that facilitates ego growth and helps with the development of identity. For us as parents, we also have to understand that there is a significant generational context problem. Most of us were not raised with the dearth of information that is available. Most of us had very few television channels available to us. Most of us grew up without the media. This creates a significant struggle for us because we have no frame of reference from our elders for understanding how to manage this. It creates significant struggles because we don't know what to do when our children are refusing to get off their game system or what to do when the child is sneaking their cell phone into their bedroom to stay connected to their friends at night. We didn't have those issues, so it makes it difficult for us to know how to manage them. This is important for us to acknowledge as parents because going forward, we have to be creating a new system. That's why podcasts like this are so helpful. As parents, I think that the most important thing for all of our children is predictable structure. I referenced it earlier. It is really imperative that our children know where the boundaries are. If we just give them free access to do things that they want to do at all times, they will continue to engage in those behaviors, particularly if it's meeting their social needs. For each of us as parents, we need to first of all evaluate our present system. What is it that we do to set limits with our children? We must really attempt to avoid what is called a reactive system, where the child knows that they're not supposed to do something, but they really want to do it. We as parents don't want them to do it, but feel helpless and hopeless to know how to set the appropriate boundaries. The child does what they want to do, and then we as parents react or typically overreact when the child 
does these behaviors. It's very important for us as parents to not get stuck in the cycle where the child becomes in control of the system by doing a negative behavior. Classic example, of course, is the management and monitoring of a cell phone at night, or we're going to turn all of the Wi-Fi and the screens off at a certain time in the evening. The child wants to stay connected to their friends. They want to continue to engage in playing the game or um, talking to a significant other. So they sneak and they take a cell phone into their bedroom and hide it underneath their pillow. You as the parent don't know this is going on until you start hearing buzzing sounds and talking at two o'clock in the morning. The parent comes into the room and overreacts. I can't believe you've done this. We told you you're not supposed to have your cell phone in your room. And then you're having an argument at two o'clock in the morning with your child. As parents, we need to come up with systems that we get all family members to buy into. If that means that we put all of our cell phones um, in a isolated place at nine o'clock at night, that includes us as parents. We too need to self-monitor and make sure that if we set up a structure and a system for the family, then we need to make sure that we follow through on that. As parents, we need to feel empowered to create the structural boundaries. It is also important that we only set up consequences that we are able to and willing to follow through on. If you tell your child, if you break this rule, you will lose your phone for a week, that means you had better be ready to follow through on that consequence. Most of the time, we as parents struggle to know how to follow through and implement whatever consequences are created. This gives the child the ability to learn how to navigate their own environment. If we are inconsistent with our consequence follow through, then the child thinks that the world is inconsistent and they learn how to manipulate it in a negative way. This brings us to the most important part of the podcast. What do I need to do as a parent to create the most effective environment between me and my child or teenager? The first recommendation is that we need to have a consistent, open discussion with our children about their use of the Internet and the information on the Internet. This requires us as parents to set up significant amounts of time to talk with our children about what they are perceiving going on in the world and help them understand appropriate ways to interpret the data. We cannot just passively sit back and expect that our children will be able to understand and to be able to digest the information that is coming at them. Second of all, we must create a clear structure around internet and media use. As parents, we cannot just let our children have a widespread information deluge that overwhelms them. You have to create an environment where they know what the boundaries and expectations are around the usage of games, the internet, cell phones, etc.
Number three, we must learn how to limit ourselves. Each of us as parents need to look at ourselves and how we utilize the internet. Do we use it socially? We do we use it informationally? Do we use it educationally? And how are we role modeling for our children how they are supposed to utilize these tools and mechanisms? Finally, we must create a monitoring system for our children. They are not yet at a place where they are ready to self-regulate. Younger children, of course, need more structure and more monitoring. But as our children move into their teenage and young adult years, we must continue to keep dialogue with them about why we're trying to set these boundaries so that they can understand the need for it. Education is going toward a much more internet-connected um, stance. There's no question that it's difficult when the child is sitting there saying, oh yes, I'm doing my paper, um, <laughs> I'm writing my English paper here on the internet, but in reality they've got two other screens open and one is to talk to their friends and one is a game that they're playing. So it really creates a challenge for us as parents to know how how to appropriately um, monitor that because we don't want to mess them up in in their academics but in the same sense we can't just let them have free access because uh, as we know different kids need different level of structure and staying connected to their friends is very important to them the most important thing that we have to understand about the internet is is that it is not going away and we as parents must put a huge amount of reflection and thought into what type of a system we're going to create for our home around the use of screens, media, internet. You just can't let it happen. You have to create a system that works for you and is in your child's best interest. Analyze and assess the present structure and system that you have in your home and really think about what is my child learning from this and what do I want them to learn? There's a lot of information out there. It's our job to help our children figure it out. Even as our children separate and move on to go into their own jobs, their own lives, off to college or wherever they go to next, they'll continue to have to face these types of struggles around how do I utilize this information most effectively? That's our jobs as parents, is to help our children learn to be independent and internalize the structural needs so that they can manage and monitor their own lives as they leave us. Hopefully this podcast was very educational and helpful for you, and I look forward to working with the CPC of La Cunada in the future so that we continue to put out helpful and useful information for our parents and families.